By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071. That's the special Shelly mix that uh, that's very hard to find. You can find that in some, at some, uh, you know, I think that's on Spotify. That's the special Shelly mix. Shelly, Shelly knows Ludacris and all those guys. She knows Usher. We go back a w- long time. <laughs> Matter of fact, I I uh, was friends with their their grandparents, <laughs> and um, I could have given birth to them. This is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Remember, the name of the show is BS.show. BS.show. Sometimes, Brad and Shelly. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it stands for Brad and Shelly. Other times it stands for other things, right? That's, yeah. That's the way it works around here. It, that's well, true. Well, election day is done. Woohoo! And Who you know, made the Senate? Well, it's interesting. I, I, I Let me... Uh, do, 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 do. Hold on, I gotta read something. I'm sending politics. Polit- politicians are sending me texts. Okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> okay, uh, Schmidt did. As a matter of fact, he he trounced. I think. Let me look at the. I went to bed early last night, so I didn't see. Then we refresh this. Hold on a minute. Uh, the they got it 100. percent Yeah, 35. All precincts reported. Okay. Eric Schmidt got 45.663. Keep in mind, there were 21 people running for there office. There were a lot of people. He got uh, 45.663%. Bill Long got 4.9%. Eric Greitens got 18.9%. He got beat by Vicki Hartzler. He came in third. Uh, Mark, Mark McCluskey uh, had 2.98%. Some of the people had, you know, most of the people had like 0. Point whatever percent. 0.32, 0.097. Um, you know, that's the deal. So that's that's the uh, the, the, the Senate. Uh, let's look at the other ones we're talking about. Uh, you're not going to believe this one. Okay, ready for this one? Uh-huh. Let me go to this one. I got to scroll down on my, on my state senator, District 10. Okay. Travis Fitzwater, 31.948%. Mike Carter, 29.089%. Jeff Porter, 13.999%. Okay, so I don't remember the first two, but so who won? Travis Fitzwater. Oh, really? Who spent like $500 and Michael Carter spent a half million. Yeah, he, <laughs> I mean, he spent some cash. I mean, I'm, you know, it's interesting. Jeff Porter, when I talked to him, I don't know if he said this on or off air, he said, and Jeff came in third place. Jeff was Jeff was door knocking, okay? And Jeff said that when he was door knocking that uh, people would say to him, what's the deal with that Mike Carter guy? Is he just trying to buy the seat? So I think everybody knew who he was, and I think some people were just like, you know, there's a point in advertising where you can go to overkill mode. You know what I mean? There's yes. A, there's a point when it's – and it's it's like everything in life. There's a point where if you enjoy pizza and someone says, oh, you like pizza? Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. You're going to have to eat two pizzas every day for lunch and dinner for the next month, okay? And people go like, oh, my God, I get to eat two pizzas every day for lunch and dinner? Yes, two pizzas every day for lunch and dinner. And that's okay for, like, day number one, day number two, day number three. And day number four, it's like, 
Oh my god, I gotta eat two pizzas for lunch. Kind of like dinner. Freddy's. <laughs> yeah, you don't like Freddy's. Going back and forth to so, Freddy's. I think he just overdid it. You know, I think he just like you know he. Who Freddy? No, Mike Carter. Oh. I think he oh, just. Yeah. I think he just overdid well, it. There's that. And and you know what? And I think also when I think this is this is this is just me, my opinion, guy who's been in the business for a couple of years. Um, when you come off too slick, people go like, okay, what's the deal? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, if you come off, if it's so like... I wonder if he regrets using his own money. Well, remember, he was so sure that he was going to win. Remember I told you, I think I read that in the paper, that he that- there, was a, there was a quote that he didn't take any money from anybody. He loaned himself $500,000. He spent, he spent a half million dollars for a job that pays 42000 a year. <laughs> Figure that one if out. he's going to, I don't know... Um, um, file bankruptcy. Oh no, no, he's you know he's he's like he's he's got like fifty million in the bank. Trust me, he ain't hurting. You know, five hundred. He needs to spread the wealth around the county. Then. Well, here's what's going to do. Here's here's what's going to happen. What's he's going to he's going to him and Cardinal Cowboy. You know that guy. What's his name? Carter yes. Rethwich. Okay. Uh, yes. You know him. What's the deal with him? You told me the story about him one time. He doesn't work. What does he do? He just walks around all the time in a Cardinals uniform. What is that? He's the Cardinal Cowboy. But explain that to me. What is that? Does do the Cardinals approve of that? Is he like an official part of the Cardinals? I do not know the answer to that question. And didn't you tell me he was in some kind of an accident or something like that? He was. I don't know the whole story, so I'm not really going to quote it. That's his story to tell. Okay. But um, he was. Well... He's like everywhere, you know, and to the point he where he is. And I don't, I don't exactly know what he does. Is is he like? Does he sell anything? He promotes. What What does he promote? People. Like he promoted Mike Carter. They also have a show together, Brad. I know. I and mean, once again, did 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 Travis Fitzwater have a show? No. <laughs> I don't know even know who that is. Does Travis Fitzwater have a guy who's dressed up as a as a cardinal cowboy? Help him? No. Travis Fitzwater. You know what about what's hold on a minute. Somebody's texting me. I mean um, yes, Brad, we all know someone's texting you. My Missouri voter turnout estimate. Um twenty three point six four four percent of the of the voters for US Senate. Uh it was on as a matter of fact, according to what uh, Mike Otten sending me he says my Missouri voter turnout estimate twenty three point six four percent. One million twenty five uh 25,558 total votes for U.S. Senate for on every ballot in Missouri. There were 4,338,000, uh, 4,338,000, oh, my stupid phone, 4,338,000 and change registered voters as of 2020. So in other words, they didn't even, not, not even a quarter, a quarter of the registered voters voted, which is sort of sad, sort of sad. And then after all the crazy crap going on in St. Louis County, uh, you know, Sam Page got reelected after... People having sex in their office and filming it, and people dying in the county jail, and crazy weird stuff with COVID, and this and that and that and that and that and that. He gets reelected. You got to sort of scratch your head. You know what I mean? It's like, okay. Maybe they thought he did a better job than well, some, everybody else thought he did. Sometimes some people are so bad in office that you can run Corky the Clown against him, and Corky would win. You know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes it's to the point where you could run somebody who was dead against them, and the dead person would win. 
because things have gotten so bad. See, that sort of bothers me. It, it was a tough choice between Arnie and Steve. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Wasn't that cute? Next hour, I will read you a story, which, you know, sometimes I read stories. Read me a story, Uncle Brad. I will. I read your story. And it made me mad because of the fact that what this person, this political office holder said. And I'm thinking to myself, man, don't they see what's really going on? I mean, I mean, are they so blind? Are they so stuck in their ide- ideology of their party? And, you know, that, that they just don't even realize what the heck's going on? And, you know, it's, it's sort of like, what's the old, what's the old saying? Uh, what's the thing? You about, can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. No, uh, people are fiddling while Rome, Rome burns. You know, who's, who's, the, who's the guy? Who's the saying on that? Some, I don't know. Somebody was fiddling while Rome was burning, okay? You know what I'm talking about? And it wasn't Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels wasn't fiddling while Rome was burning. So anyway, so we'll talk about that. Uncle Brad, tell me a story. You know, the one that made you mad. (laughs) So according to Mike Otten. Took me a while to come up with that. 23.64% of the the voters voted. And you know what you think about that? What about the local well, the, the local turnout in St. Charles County, I think was, was I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I think in St. Louis County, St. Charles County and Franklin County, uh, I don't know about Warren County, but in those three counties, I believe they say it was above what they thought it was going to be. It still was low. I don't think, I mean, you know, if you have, if you have, I mean, see, that was the interesting thing about the 2020 election. And the funny part of that is, is that more people voted for the president than ever in history. And what's crazy about it is, I think the numbers were that Donald Trump had, like, I think, like five or six million more votes in 2020 than he had in 2016, and he still lost. You know, it was one of those things where he just got clobbered by Biden, and there were more votes cast for president, you know, and on all sides, Republican, Democrat, and all the other different parties for president in 2020 than ever been voted for in the entire history of the United States. Obviously, the country gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and now we get, you know, 2 million people come across the border every day. So, you know, probably by the year 2030, if I make it that long, uh, let me think, in 2030, I will be, I will be, what, 90, 94? Whew, man. I don't know if I'm going to make it that far. Anyway. You'll make it just fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there'll be lots of people here, you know. And and Tony Salvatore did pretty well. I think he came in second. Let me look at that. Let me look at where Tony's at. That would be Rep Second uh, U.S. Rep District Seven. Um, Ann Wagner had yeah he came in second. Ann Wagner had sixty-seven percent of the vote. Tony had fifteen percent. Wesley Smith had it was close nine percent, and Paul Barry the third had eight point. Paul Barry called me like a half dozen times over the past couple of weeks. You know, one of these days, there's two people I want you to have lunch with. You and I are going to go out on lunch. We're going to have lunch with Bruce Horlick, and we're going to have lunch with Paul Barry III. And <laughs> the Paul Barry III lunch is going to be one of those things where you and I need to be, need to be rip-roaring drunk to have lunch with him. You know, we just need to be drunk and just have so much fun with him, it wouldn't be funny. Okay. Paul, tell us another story. When are we going to do that? I don't know. I want to go on a on a field trip. Bruce Horlick, we need to, you know, you need to meet him. <laughs> I do. You'd get a kick out of him. I would. Yeah, I've known Bruce for a long, long, long time. You know, we'll make that happen, you know, Brands. It's sort of sad when I know people in the radio business who've been in the radio business for like 30 and 40 years. 
who I knew them when they were in high school. So <laughs> how bad is that? <laughs> Hi, I'm Shelly Barr. Have you met me? <laughs> anyway, so. Yes, I was actually in junior high. Yeah, and get this. Mike Elam. Mike Elam won by only 104 votes. He, oh, really? He almost got beat by Tony Frisella Jr. Wow. Now, see, that I don't, was a name I don't understand that. Okay, he's actually Tony Frisella Jr., but now he calls himself Tony Frisella and his dad. So is his, his dad just Tony Frisella now? I don't know. I mean, how does that work? And once again, if I like, have no idea. like, let's say if I was if I was Brad Hildebrand Sr. and there was a one of my kids was named Brad Hildebrand Jr. When I die, does that not make him a junior anymore? Is he now? Is he now just Brad Hildebrand? No, he's still. I I don't know because because I mean I think I know, but I don't I don't know for a fact. So I'm gone. I'm so Tony Fursell used to be a junior. Not he's not a junior anymore. Do you did you know know anybody that was like a junior? No, I know somebody who's a second. Well, that's essentially the same thing. They're just being. It's not though. They're just being fancy with that because second you could say, well, you know, I'm Brad Hildebrand the first. How about that? Yeah. And you're Shelly Barr the first. And you know what? Thank God for that. It's 628 right now on August 3rd, and it's the only time it'll be 628 on August 3rd ever again. So we have to take a break. 628. Break. Do you like that song? I do. 104.5 KSOQ, AM 1350 Craft, and 107.1 Westplex. Those are our stations we're on right now. And it's, we call the Trimal Cast. Hold on. I'll do something. Say something for a minute. Something for a minute. I had to adjust my microphone, and unlike you, I don't do it with the pot up. Here's Shelly. Okay, got that. Bite me, Brad. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the official Franklin County uh, election results. Franklin County, Missouri I election results. I know who won um, uh, my the house. Oh, in in what Franklin State County House Mo dot org voting information maybe this this is Tim is Jim Franklin Franklin Mo uh, Franklin County Missouri find your polling place I don't want to find you know, upcoming election twenty twenty two elections let me see if I can find this April fifth twenty twenty one August second primary election sample ballot I don't want that. I guess I'm gonna find. I'm just gonna find somebody like one of the sites. It's got. It's Channel Five has a site up that shows. Let's take a look at that. Uh, KSDK 2020 Missouri primary election results. Uh, Missouri. Da, 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 da. Eh, I can't find it. Why are they so hard to find? All oh, the other ones, you just type in. Bang, there it is. Uh, like if you go to St. Louis County, St. Louis. L O U I S County. Mo election results. It'd help if I could spell right. That is true. Typically, men can't spell. Men can't. Men can't do anything. Women are are women, are. Women can do everything. Can do pretty much, but men, they can't spell. Men can't do anything. Okay, hold the St. Louis County election results. God, why can't I find that? St. Louis County Mo gov. That that St. Louis City, St. Louis County election results. I'm finding all these unofficial sites like Electronic Results, St. Louis Co. Mo, uh, here it is. And there's St. Charles. Here, well, let's just pull up St. Charles County. It's right there. So I'll just pull it up. Um, okay. Senate, we already know who won that. In in St. Charles County, Eric Schmidt got 55% of the vote. Eric Schmidt got 18%. And Vicki Hartzler got 16%. 
And then in state auditor, we don't care about state auditor. Who, who cares about the state auditor? U.S. District 2 and Wagner got 63.19% uh, in St. Charles County. Tony Salvatore got 18.88%. State Senator District 2, Nick Schroer. Man, I'm excited about that. He beat, he beat John Wyman. That's like saying, well, I won't say that. That's like the lesser of two evils as far as I'm concerned. And I'll be honest. John with- Wyman? He didn't win. John Wyman lost. Okay. Wyman. Wyman, I think. It's, it's I before E. Remember, it's German. It's like diesel. It's I-E. Second vowel's always long, so it should be John Wyman. If he says, if he calls himself Wyman, what it is. it's wrong. No, it's spelled W-I-E, so it should be Wyman, but I think he pronounces it Wyman. Anyway, um, yeah, Nick Schroer won. Man, am I excited about that. <laughs> John Wieman had um, a lot of professional people backing him. What does that tell you? You know what? Any any had he had unprofessional people like myself not backing him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatever. Go on. State Rep District 64. Uh, Tony Levasco won, and District uh, 65. Wendy Hausman. These are all Republicans. Were unopposed. Uh, 69, Adam Snelting was unopposed. Uh, 102, uh, Richard West was unopposed. We know him. He's the guy that says he's going to do advertising on a station, never does. Uh, Yeah. Right? (laughs) Although he's all over K-Wolf. Let me scratch my head on that one. Dave Hinman won 54%. State Rep District 104. Phil Cristofanelli, I don't know him. I've never met him before. I know his mom, who I I think won. She's like... Some big wig. You know, you know, wait till I tell you this one. Travis Wilson, District 106, he won. Uh, 107, Mark Matheson. I know him. He used to be in my leads group. He was in the, the you know him? You've met yeah. him before. Do I? Yeah. What you did know, you do? I know you met him before. because What's business? Oh, well, he, he was a state rep before, and now he's back again. Uh, and he, he was a real estate guy. Matter of fact, he was working for Mr. Kidney. Uh, Justin wow. Hicks. What, what now? What's wow? Justin Hicks, uh, District 108, he won. Uh, and guess guess who's back as a judge, at least in in the in the uh, primary? Thornhill. Yes, he ran unopposed. He ran for Circuit uh, District uh, Circuit 11, District 12. Man, I was in Matthew Thornhill's first day at work, and man, is there a story behind that? <laughs> Steve Elman, 82.449% of the vote. Artie, Artie A.C. Denhoff, 17.51%. Now, here's the interesting one. If we go for uh, County Council District 1, and I think this is upset. Matt Swanson won 39.57%. And I believe that Joe Cronin was the incumbent. He got 26%. Bruce Petroff, who once again told us told me that Women listen to our station, so, so he didn't want to advertise with us. He got 33.5%. Okay, Mike Elman, or excuse me, Mike Elam, 50.86%. Tony Frisella Jr., 49.14%. There's like 100 votes different. Matter of fact, he won by 104 votes. And it was probably because he advertised on our station. That's right. Terry Hollander. Uh, got reelected. He was a sitting. He was in District Five, fifty point seven one percent. Jane Pushkar, who once again said our station had nothing but women listening to it, and women don't vote. It's the men, and if the women do vote, their men tell them how to vote. Does your husband tell you how to vote? Really? <laughs> 
Shelly. Now, when you go to the polls, I've, I've pulled up the sample ballot. Now, here's who you're going to vote for. Okay, Dave, no problem. Okay, Shelly. Now, you know. No, that was my mom and dad. <laughs> that your mom, your dad did that to your mom? Yes. God, times are different, aren't they? I can, um, I can. Her who he was going to vote for, and she always voted for that person because other because he told her otherwise her vote would cancel his out. You know, your husband, it seems like the nicest guy in the world. I don't know him that well. I met him, what, five or six times, something He's like that. He's a very oh. good and decent man. Right, yes. nice guy. But I can imagine if one day that if... You, he said, Shelly, the election's tomorrow. I filled out the sample ballot for you, and he gave it to you. You'd look at him and said, David, put it up your prison wallet. <laughs> right? I probably wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but you would have told him, you not happening, right? You would have told him, you're a woman. You can figure out things for yourself, right? Well, I wouldn't say that. I'd say, oh, okay, thanks. And I'd go <laughs> vote my conscience anyway. Are you just tear it up on the way out the door, right? Okay. I could do that too. Okay. Uh, okay, you ready for this? Wait wait till wait till I give you this one. What's that? Hold on a minute. I'm going to find the right one. You're going to laugh when I tell you this one. Now, here's what I don't understand. There's some people who are on the ballot twice. Like, for example, Arnie Denhoff ran for St. Paul Township, and he also ran for county executive. How's that possible? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. Trudy Bush, in, at least in St. Charles County, beat Lucas Kuntz. I got to find this. There's one on here that I thought he won, but maybe he didn't. Let me go back here. These are the consul committee person. Committee person. Uh, what about um, Trisha Burns and uh, Carla Claskin? What were they running for? I think they're running for House. Okay, hold on a minute. Uh, Cottleville Township member Terry. Oh, oh, Will Klein got beat. Will Will Klein was winning, and he and he lost. He was running for Cottle, Cottleville Township committee person. He had. I was watching it last night for a while. He was winning, but he got uh, he got forty seven point nine three percent, and his opponent got. Got fifty point zero one percent. They had fifty one oh, wow. write-in votes on that. There's a lot of write-in votes on the on the on the committee person. You know, like for example, uh, Collierville Township committee person. There was forty three write-in votes in the Darden Township committee man. Twenty nine percent. Now, why is it David Zuckerman? He kicked butt. Uh, 60, yes, he did. 64.82%. I can't find Franklin County on here. Now, if somebody can text me, Mr. Otten, you know everything. If you can text me a link to the Franklin County. I've looked all over for Franklin County, Missouri. I can pull up Franklin County, Washington, Franklin County, Ohio. And the only thing I can pull up from Franklin County, Missouri is their sample ballot. So, I mean, what's I, I'm pretty sure they were Maybe online. Maybe it's a secret. Yeah, they're holding the results secret. Maybe they had chat. Now, think about this for a minute. All the money that all these people spent, all the money that they spent, some uh-huh. were successful, some weren't. You know, and once again... What do you what do you talk, chalk that up to? Do they go do they go again? I mean, there's some people in life who are politicians who've never lost an election. I mean, there I know I've I've read a couple stories about people that you know we know that have never lost an election. And I'm thinking to myself, how's that possible? And we heard like for example, we heard um we heard uh, Pinky uh Mark McCloskey on here. We had him on the air yesterday. He talked yes. he bought a new car in May of 2021, a new uh what is it? You saw it, it was a suburban, wasn't it? It was, and, it was a big car, yes. yes. And, and in, he had it deep. He got it wrapped and both had that and the trailer in it. Right, right. Very, very well done. So he got over, he's, he, he got, um, 
small percentage of the vote. But yet he talked about he put 100,000 miles on the car. Uh, he talked about how he would get home every night at like midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, and he'd be back out at 6 the next morning. Did that for like a year. And how do you feel this morning? I mean, how does somebody like that feel? It's almost my, like me looking at those pictures of 511 West 5th Street. You know, it's just like, oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, how do you feel about that? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, okay. You're not saying I'm trying anything. to find out about. You're, you're supposed um, to talk. Trisha Burns and Carla Claskin. Carla Claskin. What were they running for again? Was she running for? They were running for um, what? House. State, State House. House. Here in the state. Let me see if I can go back again. Uh, I'll tell you what. I'll, we'll take a break here. I'll see if I can find it for you. Okay, thank you. But they both advertised in our station, didn't they? No. <laughs> okay, 644. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. How about that? Uh, your friend Carla Klaskin lost. I saw that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Probably she because, put on a good show and locked on a lot, lot of doors. Yeah, and boy, she ran tons of ads on our radio station. Man, thanks for the support, Carla. We appreciate that. Was that oh, necessary? That's right. She didn't buy ads on our station. <laughs> Seriously, was was that really necessary? Oh, I, I thought she did. You didn't sell her a lot of ads? I thought you sold it like, I thought you okay, sold Okay, let's move on. What's up next? I thought you sold her the Mike Carter package, which is four ads every hour, 24 hours a day. Was <laughs> Did you sell her that package? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shelly's not talking to me now. She's mad at me. Today's going to be one of those shows. I'm telling you. You started it. I sh- I've got, before I went on the air, I injected myself with sodium pentothal. So anything I say is the absolute truth this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. You made a mistake there. <laughs> um, you know, what's sad about this is that in, in St. Charles County and Franklin County, this is the primary. And probably in almost all the races, a lot of the races were run un- uncontested, which means that whoever was the Republican is in it. And, it. and because everything is so Republican in Franklin County and St. Charles County and so Democratic in St. Louis County and St. Louis City, that whoever won, won the primary is it. Now, sometimes there's people against them on the other side. Sometimes they're not. But still, if you win, like, for example, like... um. Steve Elman, who won the primary against Arnie for yes. uh, the county executive, okay? Yes. I can't even tell you if he's got anybody on the ballot against him as a Democrat. But if he does, unless it's like Jesus Christ Jesus Christ, or the second coming of John F. Kennedy or something like that, you know, I mean, he's going he's gonna to win. There's no doubt about that. And to a certain extent, it's sort of he sad. He runs a good, good what, community. No, what I'm saying is you always should have competition at all levels. There should always be someone who is like, you know, because what that does is it keeps everybody on their toes. Like, for example, if there were only one car, like I go back to the, 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 the early 70s, okay? The early 70s. The reason you don't see anybody collecting like 73, 74, 75 American cars is because they were absolute positive junk with the capital J-U-N-K. Junk. My Granada wasn't junk. Your what? Granada. What did you have? What year was it? A Ford Granada. What year? Did you hear what I said? 73, 74, 75, 76. Those year cars for the American cars were absolute positive pieces of 
You know yeah, what? No. Okay. They, Although I did have a 77 Ford LTD. But once again, piece of junk. Okay. It wasn't. It just oozed down the well, road. Well, the, the point I'm making is What is that, your point, Brad? That's when the Japanese started really competing with the Americans. That's when Toyota and Honda really started to, you know, kick up their game. And In the 70s? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the fact oh. that there are two things that happened in the 70s, okay? First off, and probably the benchmark is 1972, 1973. That's when all the crazy, weird new regulations came into effect. That's when you had to have the five-mile-an-hour crash bumpers. And if you go back and look at these cars from 70, you know, 73s, because I had a 73 Chevy Malibu, and it had these big, uncle, ugly, monstrous bumpers that stuck way out from the front of the car. Yeah, and they were chrome. Right. And, and then they had foam on them. And they, well, they were, just, they were just ugly, okay? The car was a POS. Matter of fact, I bought that car cheap because of the fact that it had so much rust. I actually cut out the rear of the car, actually was able to buy brand new steel from the Chevy dealership and put it in and you know welded in the whole bit. Anyway, those cars were POS, okay? At that point in time, the American automakers got so fat and sassy, they thought, eh, we're Chrysler, we're Ford, we're Chevrolet, we can just turn out junk and people will buy it. Well, two things happened. A, actually three things happened. The uh, regulations hit on the crash bumpers. And since the American cars were big, they have to have these big monster bumpers on. That was number one. Number two, they started getting very heavy restrictions on uh, emissions. That's when, like, if you go back into history, the reason why nobody wants to collect the 73, 74, 75, 76 Corvettes because they had, like, 85 horsepower. Because they had to, you know, they they made them so so, you know, they derated them so much to say get good, you know, good air, you know, good air pollution, you know, or less air pollution out of them. And then the third aspect was the Japanese came along and started building and and the Americans and and also that was when the gasoline crisis hit the first time around. I mean, up until that point, you could buy gasoline for, and I'm not exaggerating, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven cents a gallon. Okay. That's true. Been there, done that, used to do it. Okay. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden the gas crisis hit. So all of a sudden you had three things going against American car manufacturers. I should say number four. Number four was the quality just plain sucked. The American manufacturers got so fat and sassy. Eh, you know, we don't care if the doors don't open right. Eh, you open up the hood and a couple bolts fall out. Eh, no big deal. We're Amer- we're Chevy, we Ford, we're Chrysler. People buy what we'll sell it. Well, not like that anymore. The Japanese came along and they came out with fuel efficient cars. They built small cars. They always built small cars. Matter of fact, go back and look every once in a while. I think if you go out to Frank Lita Honda out there in O'Fallon, you know, on Technology Drive, just on, on, on 40 west of K, they have one of the original Honda cars. And when you look at it now, it looks like a clown car, it's a little tiny thing. And that's what that's what Honda was building back in the day, little tiny cars. That was to match the uh, Yugo. No, Yugo was later. Yugo Yugo was in the eighties. Yugo's in the eighties. Okay, the early eighties. Well, still it was in the eighties. It was no, it was it actually in the late nineties, early eighties. No, late seventies, early eighties. No, you're wrong. Yugo was late eighties, early nineties. Trust me, I know. That's not true. Hey, hey, what what's the name of the show? BS dot show. No, the yeah, and BS stands for Brad is superior. You just think that, Chug. 
Yeah, isn't that what mess with most men think? I'm the superior one in this relationship, and they find out. You know, yes, they find out because like because I'm the man, and I know. Right, and they find out the woman's really? the one. The woman's say the, that again to me. The, the woman's the smartest one, which I'll admit. I'll admit. I say it all the time. Matter of fact, even Joe Biden says I haven't played this in a while. We need to pay, play Joe Biden quote. You know, I got so many drops, I can't find him anymore. Yeah, let me see if it's this one. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Is it this one? Yeah, here's Joe Biden. Here he is. Put your face up here so I can give you kisses. Oh, no, that's not Joe Biden. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was Joe Biden. No. Close. Oh, uh, here, 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 here's right here. Here he is right here. There's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. Okay, you know me fairly well, right? Yes. How many times have you heard me say, whatever a man can do, a woman can do better? Since I've met you. And I thoroughly believe that. I believe men are the inferior sex. I think women are the superior sex in so many different ways. Now, not when it comes to athletics for the most part. That's why you know the, the dudes have to have their jiggly bits cut off and become a woman to, in, order, in order to to be <laughs> although they don't even they don't even they don't even cut off their jiggly bits anymore. They just say they wake up one morning and they go, Oh, I'm a man, I'm a woman. I used to be they a man. Just duct tape them. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I was a woman, today I'm a man. Okay. Matter of fact, I can tell you a funny story. It happened to me yesterday, but that's a whole other story. Anyway, so so where was I going with this? I uh, don't know. Oh well, the, the the Japanese started killing us back in the in the in the seventies, and that's when people started. I remember my friend Jim Wolf, his 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 dad bought bought a Toyota, and we were like, "Holy cow! It's this this car is cool." And it would it was everything was weird. It was different from American cars. You got in the car, it felt different. It had a little four cylinder engine. You know, Americans didn't make four cylinder engines. Just little blinker sounds. They did. Click 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 click. You know, yep. that's exactly right. You put on the four way flashers, and we go, wow, bunk 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 bunk. It's like, wow, look at this. You this... knew they were working. Right. You. You. It's funny you said that because that was one of the things I noticed. It had it had clicky yeah. clicky turn signals, and the Americans were like, wah, 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 it's kind of like that IBM. Um, clickboard. Right, right. The clicky keyboards. Okay. Yeah. Oh, FYI, the F- smartest woman in the world says that the Yugo was 1980 to 2008. Oh, they didn't last that long. The smartest woman uh, in the world, I think she's been drinking again. Okay. <laughs> no. Hey, we have to take because uh, no, no, we have to I take, was right and you were I'm not wrong. trying to touch up. We have to take a break. It's 659. It's I got to get what? out of here. I got to get out of here. Oh, the, the computer's going to grab me. Ah! Yep. You know, there's sometimes you read stuff. I'm on the Channel 5 website, and I heard about this story yesterday, and I'm thinking to myself, how bad is that when the city's gotten to be like this? Yesterday at the, what they call it, the Gateway Station, which is the combination Metrolink slash um, uh, Amtrak slash uh, uh Greyhound bus station. You know what I'm talking about right there? It's across the street from uh, whatever it is, Savas Center. What is it? It's the Keel. I do know what your station. Okay. Talking about I'm sorry. Okay. Guy sitting in, young guy sitting in the uh, center, sitting in a seat. Guy walks in uh, with a hoodie, mask on the whole bit, walks up to the other guy, says, what's up now? Pulls the gun out, shoots him in the head. Runs out the place. Okay. Security vehicle, matter of fact, according to, it says it says right here on the side, Five in Your Side has obtained surveillance video of the shooting, but are choosing not to share it due to its graphic nature. This is the story of surveillance cameras, because from the time this guy shot the other guy, 
they followed him on security cameras and talked about, according to charging documents, police were able to track Montrell, that's the guy who supposedly committed, allegedly committed the murder, from the moment of the shooting all the way to his arrest on a Metrolink platform. Police said he had removed the ski mask and other clothing he wore at the time of the shooting. In charging documents, uh, Montrell, police said Montrell said, quote, admitted that he knew what he was doing and that it was wrong in a recorded interview. Okay, middle of the day, you're sitting in the Amtrak slash Greyhound slash Metrolink station. Actually, the Metrolink station is a little bit different from that. The Metrolink station is just like right across the, the, I don't know if it's like across the street, but it's part of the whole thing. It's like, it's like a, it's supposed to be like a, a travel hub. If you come in on the Metrolink, or if you come in on Amtrak, you can go onto the Metrolink or you can jump, or if you come in on, on Greyhound, you can jump on Metrolink or a bus or, or whatever. Anyway, I'm going like, what in the hell's going on with the city of St. Louis? It just gotten out of control. Next break, I'll read you the story about what the mayor says about police in the city of St. Louis. I don't get it. You know, here's my dumb question for you. If all of a sudden, let's pick let's pick a city. Let's say uh, Ladue. All of a sudden, if there were a house fire every night, if a house caught fire every night in Ladue, and and for when there wasn't it wasn't arson, it was just for some crazy reason every night a different house caught on fire. Don't you think that after about a week or so, the Ladue people would be saying, we need more fire protection? We need more I, firefighters? I would think so. You know, right? Or, or let's say, let's say Shelly cloned herself and there's a thousand Shellys driving down the highway at 100 and 120 miles an hour in their cars, like Shelly drives. Wouldn't people say, we need more people on the highway. We need more state troopers out there running radar because there's this, there's this like this, this clan of Shelly clones, clan of clones. Get that clan of clones, clan of Shelly clones who are driving down the highway at 120 miles an hour. Not in the city of St. Louis. Crime gets bad, and the mayor essentially says, "Eh, we got enough police," <laughs> which I don't understand. Okay, um, do I want to talk about the Town Country Fair? It's up to you. This is your therapy. Do I want to tell my story? It's up to you, Brad. Okay. What's interesting about this show is we try to be sort of funny. We try to, you know, be stupid, you know, especially for me. Shelly's the smart one. I'm the dummy. And we try to talk to people. We try to be unpretentious. We don't, hey, this is Westplex 1071. We're the best radio station in the world. And we know you love us. And we know you adore us. We just know that. We don't try to be that station. We try to, you know, be fun. The station is targeted at women. The music is is up tempo. It's what's called hot AC. We're going after you know the woman you know pre- uh, predominantly twenty five plus who none of the politicians care about. <laughs> they all care about men. You know, I tell you this every election cycle. You've actually heard some of these politicians say that. Correct? Am I am I kidding? Say what? That they don't really advertise in our station because women listen to our station, right? I've had one or two, yes. Yes, you've had people, you've heard people, politicians make that comment, which I yes. don't understand because you look at the at the the uh, uh, the population statistics for the state of Missouri. There's more men. I mean, there's more women than men. Most of the counties, in some counties, it's really out of whack. It's like 55 percent women and 45 percent men. Okay, so I'm on, I'm going to back into this. I've owned these radio stations. We started out with KSLQ and AM 1350 back in, I bought them in 1998. Okay. And for years, we were a part of the Town and Country Fair. And there's a little area there in the Town and Country Fair. It opens today, by the way, if you go to the Town and Country Fair in Washmo. And it opens today. 
And there's a little place they called Radio Row, at least they did. And all the stations, all the radio stations were invited to broadcast live from the Town Country Fair for five days. The fair always starts on the first Wednesday of the month, on first Wednesday of August, and it goes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay? You with me so far, Shelly? Yep. So I would say maybe this happened like maybe eight, nine, ten years ago. I don't even remember. So... You know, we go out every year, set up the van, go out and broadcast. Matter of fact, me personally, the last year we're out there, I broadcast live from the fair every morning, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then on Saturday, I had Josh Brodigam. You know who Josh Brodigam is? You ever met Josh before? I haven't. Josh was one of the guys that worked for me from the time he was a teenager. Matter of fact, when I bought the station, is that I, the savant? I yes, this guy's a brilliant guy. He graduated yeah. from SLU, okay, like I, magna I cum laude. He's an attorney. I've never met him, but I know he's like this brainiac kid. Okay, and I should say, kid, he's probably in his probably forties now. Okay, I mean he's maybe thirties. I don't know. He's he's an old guy. He's an old guy now. Okay, and he worked for me at the time. He and actually he came back to work for me. And has a law degree and decided he just wanted to, you know, he was actually practicing law and working at the radio station part-time doing some sales work. So he broadcast from the fair on Saturday and on Sunday. So the next year, probably right around May of the next year, and I don't know what year this is. Let's just call it May of 2015. I know, let's call it May of 2012. Okay, so it'd be like 10 years ago. I get a call one day from Mark, and I can't remember his name. He was the guy who was the head of the... the um, Chamber of Commerce. And he calls me up. And it, I can tell you when it won. It was this Friday before Memorial Day. Because I remember because I had stuff to do. And I was really busy. And I was trying to get something done. And all the, I remember this because it was crazy. Because where I was, I was getting my license plates renewed. And at the time, the, uh, the uh, DMV, whatever you call it, the DOR office, was in the same building. It was run by the Chamber of Commerce, and I was in the license office. And if you remember in the old days of, of Washmo, if you walked into what is now just the Chamber of Commerce building only, in the old days, you walked in the front door, and if you walked down a hall, and to the left was the Chamber of Commerce office, to the right was the, the DMV, you know, the motor vehicle, the license bureau, whatever you want to call it, okay? So I'm okay. sitting in the license bureau. I'm across the hall. From, I'm in the building with the Chamber of Commerce, and my phone rings. And I'm sitting, I'm like, you know, I like 20 people in front of me, so I'm going to be there a while. So my phone rings, and not to be obnoxious, I walk outside. And it's Mark from the Chamber of Commerce. And he, and he said, hey, Brad, says, I wanted to touch base with you because I don't know if you're, you're planning on what you're doing, but we just want you to know that you can't be part of the fair anymore. I go, what? He says, uh, yeah, he says, I guess you could say we're kicking you out of the fair, but we're not going to let you in the Atana Country Fair anymore. I go, Mark, what, why? And he says, because last year you took advantage of us. And I go, okay, what did I do last year? Well, you gave us a spot and you put your van out there, but you never broadcast. I go, Mark, I was there every day. No, you weren't. I go, yes, I was. I did my show Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I did my morning show in KSOQ from 6 to 8 in the morning. And then on Saturday, we had Josh Brodigam out there. And then on Sunday, and here's the crazy part of it. How do I remember this? Because I was out there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday doing my show. On Saturday, Josh broadcasts live from the fair for like four or five hours, and I'll tell you why that is, why I remember that one. And then on Sunday, I know because of the fact that Josh was on the air. I was back at the station running the equipment. Josh was on the air out at the fair, and Josh says, hey, we're never going to believe, you're not going to believe who's, who my guest is going to be. It's a special guest, and he put a microphone in front of this guy's mouth, and the guy started talking, and guess who it was? Who? It was my oldest son, Brett who was there for the motorcycle races. Oh, how funny. I didn't even know he was there. 
So, so Josh is out at the fair broadcasting from the fair, and and um, and uh, Brett is on the air. And Josh is interviewing him. I go, like, this is so weird. I'm back at the studio running the board. My son's out at the fair. He's on the radio station being interviewed by Josh Brodingham. And, you know, so anyway, so, so that was the, the year we, quote, unquote, didn't broadcast. So I'm going, like, so go back to the Friday before Memorial Day. And Mark says, yeah, you took advantage of us, and we didn't appreciate that. You didn't broadcast from the fair last year. So now the other part of this is funny, that the year after this, the year after we get kicked out of the fair, I'm not going to mention the guy's name because I don't want to get involved in this. But at the time, this guy, who a lot of people in Franklin County knows, was on the Missouri State Fair Board. If you know the way this thing works, the town and country fair is like the last county fair of the season because, you know, all, right now all the county fairs are pretty much done and over with. They are either in, in June or July, and the town and country fair is pretty much the last county fair of the season. And then, typically... The next week, so in other words, next week, the Missouri State Fair starts. So the guy we had on, who was a local guy, Franklin County guy, I believe he lived in New Haven, and he was on the fair board for the Missouri State Fair. So Josh Brodigam interviewed him the last year, once again, interviewed him on a Saturday when we weren't broadcasting the fair, but we were. So he calls me up like, I don't know, about a month before the fair, in the, in the, the next year when we got kicked out of the fair. And he says, hey, Brad, this is blah, blah, blah. Once again, not going to say his name. Uh, he says, I just want to make sure I can come out and talk about the Missouri Fair again on Saturday like I did last year. I go, well, I got bad news for you. We got kicked out of the fair. And he says, you got kicked out of the fair? I go, yeah, why is that? He said, and I said, well, because we didn't broadcast from for the fair. So there's this long pause. And he goes, well, you were out there because you interviewed me on Saturday. I go, I know. Tell that to the fair people. But they said we weren't at the fair last year. And he goes, they really told you you didn't broadcast from the fair last year? I go, yeah, I didn't broadcast from the fair last year. So flash forward to the next year when I had one of the fair people come up to me and say to me, not at the fair, but come up and say to me, hey, man, you know, we're sorry we had to kick you out of the fair, but you took advantage of us. I go, explain how I took advantage of you. Well, you didn't broadcast from the fair last year. And I said, I was here five days. I did my show, you know, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from the share, show on the, on the fair in the morning. Saturday, we had Josh Brodigan was out here. He interviewed blah, blah, blah from the Missouri. So sat, Sunday, my Josh was out here again. We broadcast five or six hours from the fair. Actually, my son was on the air as a special guest because he was for the moment. Well, you weren't here. We know you weren't here. I go, how do you know that? Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. He said, we had a feeling you weren't going to broadcast from the fair. So on the back of your van, we put a bunch of chairs for you guys guys to sit in, and you didn't use the chairs. Now, you know what's funny about that, Shelly? You know, you know where I'm heading with that, don't you? No. But you, you know keep where, on. You know where I'm heading with that. Keep on. In the old KSOQ studio, was there a really, chair? Was there you're a not ch- going to keep on, are you? No, no. In the old KSOQ studio, was there a chair in the studio? No. Why? Because we stand when we broadcast. Exactly. We don't have chairs in the studio. Yeah. Our studios are set up for what's called stand-up operation. Most of the radio stations back in the day, you you sat down. But there's a theory that when you stand up, there's more energy. You're, you know, it's just like opera singers don't sing sitting down. They sing standing up because it, you know, it clears their diaphragm, all that crap, you know, with your anatomy, whatever it is. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So we stand up. And I told the guy that, and I said, we don't, we don't sit down when we broadcast. And he goes, what? Well, KLPW sits down, and KFAV sits down. No, we don't sit down. 
We stand up and we broadcast. That's why we didn't use the chairs. So you're telling me that when you're on the air in the morning, you're standing up? Yes. Stop, stop by the studio some morning and come in. Matter of fact, I said, if you want, jump in the car right now. I'll drive you over to our studios. The board sits about, you know, the equipment sits about 40 inches off the floor. We stand up when we're on the air. We don't sit down. Well, 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 well. You just well. have to call in advance because otherwise he's in his skivvies. Well, but I'm going like, so, in other words, you kicked us out because we didn't use the chairs. Well, that's how we knew you didn't broadcast. Okay, whatever. So, it's been like, it's like, okay. <laughs> Should I say this? Poodlehead sits down? No, I shouldn't say that on here. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Envelope. So, so, so yep. That's my therapy. So since then, since we've been kicked out of the fair, we've never broadcast from the fair again. And once again, I'm going like, I don't quite get it. Now, if I can tell you my second complaint about this, near like the last two or three years we broadcast the fair, normally we'd get like the fair board would give us like the Chamber of Commerce to give us a small amount of money and some tickets, right? And yes. last couple of years they said, no money, no tickets, got to broadcast for, for free, okay? We were members of the Chamber of Commerce. Our studios are right there in Washington. KSOQ and CRAP are the only two radio stations licensed to the city of Washington. Used to be right there in 5th Street in Washington. For years, our studios are right there in 5th Street in Washington. And the last two years, they said, we're not going to pay you because we think you should just do it for free. But they paid WIL $15,000 to advertise in WIL and and to come out to the fair. Us, the local people, studios in Washington... Radio stations licensed to Washington, we got Zippo. WIL, big station out of St. Louis, not a member of the chamber, they got $15,000. What about the other local? local? Um... I don't know. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. but, you know, once again, I'm like, you know, what's the saying? Take care of the people that take care of you. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, that's my therapy for the day. So, I wish the farewell. I, I'm not one of these guys, oh, I hope they don't, hope nobody shows up. I hope they kick butt. Last year, I think they made like $1.92 million from the fair, you know? And they brag about this town and country fair is the third largest fair in the state of Missouri. Number one is the Missouri State Fair. Number two is the is the VP fair, the St. Louis fair. Although, I don't know if that's the case anymore. The St. Louis fair keeps getting smaller. For all I know, the town and country fair might be the second largest fair in the state of Missouri. And, you know, once again, they do a nice job. It's a nice fair, have nice entertainment. They always have nice groups. I talk about the fact, especially at the town and country fair, you go back and look at the groups that have played there, and the groups for the most part and this is not meant disrespectful this is truth most of the groups that play there especially the country groups they're either on the way up or the way down years ago brad paisley you was said there. That the other day well it's true brad paisley played there years ago and nobody knew who brad paisley was now brad paisley sells out you know riverport you know what i mean and and uh you know like uh, charlie daniels was there who was there last year i mean you know and uh, I, a couple of years ago it was supposed to be leonard skinner but at the time leonard skinner had 42 people in the group now you know had you know had exploded from five guys to 42 people and one woman got sick so they canceled their appearance so you know and, and norm- normally they have good entertainment uh, you know the food's good i love my cattleman's uh, ribeye steak sandwiches always really good but once again this year did they even call me and say, hey, can you help us promote the fair? No. Did they call us and even say, hey, could you run some PSAs for us for the fair? No. We just, it thought we, like we don't exist. And you know what? I think that's sad. And the, what's frustrating to me is that it's sort of like with us with politicians. You know what? We got people to listen to these stations. We're not the biggest stations. We're not KMOX or KSHE or WIL or stuff like that. But we've got lots of listeners. 
And the listeners that we have are, are fairly loyal listeners, all three of them. Um, <laughs> um, they are loyal. And, and I don't get it because here's the problem with radio. It's not like there's only two stations in the entire St. Louis area and you either listen to station A or station B. There's like 45 stations. So what happens is the listenership is, is, is chopped up. You know, I mean, like it used to be like, for example, in Los Angeles, I remember years ago, one of my program directors saying this to, to me about ratings. He said, you could be the number one DJ in Los Angeles and 98% of the people who would not, would not know who you are. Because in LA, the number one, number two, number three, number four, number five stations are divided by, are separated by like tenths of a point. The number one station in my head, 4.2 share. The number two station in my head, 4.1 share. The number three station in my head, 3.9 share. So in other words, if you need to meet, re, uh, reach a lot of people in L.A. or in St. Louis for that matter, you need to buy more than just one radio station. Because if you're trying to cover an area, and once again, that's one of the downsides in radio. If you're trying to cover an area, you have to buy more than one station for the most part. You have to go at least two or three stations deep. Most of your advertising agencies, when they buy an ad, ad buy, they'll buy four or five stations deep because they know that if they buy the top four or five stations, they're going to reach most of the people. But, you know, and once again, for me, it's like, okay, what did I do wrong? You know, once again, I've done a lot of stupid stuff in my life, a lot of wrong things. That, As we all have. That, that I regret and th- some things that I've apologized to people for. You've had regrets? I did not. I broadcast live from the town of Country Fair for five days. I sweated my butt off on Tuesday setting up the study. I remember this really well because that Tuesday it was super humid. We had to set up all the equipment, the whole bit. I was there every single morning from 6 to 8 doing my show and then came back in the day, did another shift. We broadcast live from the fair on Saturday, broadcast live from the fair on Sunday, and then they told us we didn't broadcast from the fair. I'm going like, okay, whatever. And you know what? I say, you know, I, I've taken my, my, my Billie Jean oath that, you know, everything's my fault. You, it drives you nuts when I say that. There's this it really gu- does. There's this guy I follow, his marketing guy of San Diego, and he says, here's what you need to do. You need to essentially say this and mean it. Everything is your fault. Don't blame anybody. Don't point fingers. Don't say, well, I could have been a great star if it wasn't for my mom who told me I couldn't sing. You know, you just say, everything's my fault. That's what you have to do. If something goes wrong, you say, my fault, my fault. And the idea behind it is you say my fault and you figure out how to make it better and how to do it right. You know what I'm saying? You figure it's my fault. I didn't I didn't do this or I did this and I did it wrong. I'm going to fix it and we're going to make it right. Okay? That's the whole mentality behind that. But once again, is it my fault I got kicked out of the fair? Ultimately, because of the fact that I'm the stupid guy that broadcast for five days for free and then got kicked out for not broadcasting. So it's my fault. I'm sorry. I won't say anything bad about about uh, Captain Safety's sister or anything like that. So, who? <laughs> what did you say? The smartest woman in the world just fell off her chair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> my phone's That's funny. my phone's been ding. <laughs> So, once again, go to the Town of Country Fair. I hope they make $3 million this year. And you know what? The one Don't thing. Don't forget of, the fish and the steak. <laughs> yeah, you go to the Borgia. Yeah, they're right next to each other. At least they were last year. The the Cattleman, the Franklin County Cattleman's uh, uh, booth, great ribeye steak sandwiches. The best ribeye steak sandwiches. And right next to that is the Borgia Fish Fry, where they have excellent fish and excellent chicken. I think it's chicken. I know it's fish. Um, and excellent French fries. It's the best place. You know what Mike Mike Otten said to me, you know, yesterday, which is pretty funny. And what? he's got he's a point. Hilarious. No, he's got a point. 
he said they should be there should be a company called Gate Dash where you can get fair food, but you don't have to go to the fair. So in other words, I want that I want that cattleman's steak sandwich, but I don't want to go in the fair. I just want the sandwich. So in other words, you order it and they bring it out to the gate. You pull up at the town country fair and they bring you the. I'm thinking to myself, that's a hell. So of an why I, doesn't he do that? But I, they, but see, they don't want to do that because they want you to buy a ticket, so you have to go inside. See, they want they want the admission. I get it. You know, they want you to come inside. You know, the only way you get the food is it, you buy a ticket and you come inside. If you have gate dash, like Mike said, which is which is a hell of an idea. You, you know, somebody's kind of now watch. I said that. A week from now, somebody's bought going to buy the, the domain, uh, domain name gatedash.com, and they're going to have a thing. Hey, want to have food from the county fair but don't want to go to the fair? Just go to Gate Dash. Yes, tell us what you want at whatever county fair you're at, and we'll just bring it out to the gate. You don't have to get out of your car. You don't have to go inside. You don't have to get hot and sweaty. You don't have to smell all the, the cow poop from where the, you know, where the cattle people are. You just drive up to the gate, and Gate Dash will bring you your, your, your cattleman's steak or your Borgia fish right out to the gate. I'm going like, Mike is a genius. That's a super idea. But they'll never do that because they want the admission. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I it mean, would. I mean, think about that. I mean, like, you know, you can get a funnel cake. You don't have to go to the fair for a funnel cake. Use Gate Dash. Just pull up to the gate. We'll bring you out a funnel cake, right? Yes. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I feel much better. 728. Do you? Yes. Here's your Good. forecast for the Westplex. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. You know, I don't want to make this like the gripe session, but I do not necessarily like buying things on Amazon. I know that sounds crazy. You buy stuff on Amazon, right? I do. I do my best to walk the walk and talk the talk and do business locally. And wherever I can. I do too. Well, but, but sometimes pro- things can be bought on Amazon. And the return policy is just super. Well, no, the problem I have is I can't find things anyplace else but on Amazon. And that's got to, and, and I buy technical stuff. Like, you know, once again, they used to be in St. Louis, they used to be Gateway Electronics. I go down Gateway Electronics, buy connectors, yep. buy wire. Everybody did. Right gone there's no place in town anymore if you want to like if you're like you know working on like audio equipment and i guess guitar center but they don't usually sell they sell like cables but we use like connectors here at the radio station we have to connect various pieces of equipment and some of it is specialized that little place over off kisker and uh central school road has that kind of thing batch electronics yeah. Batch technology? No, Michael Bachelor, who runs the place, he doesn't sell parts. He sells, he sells mainly, he's mainly a computer place, but he does do some broadcast stuff, but he's just selling like used stuff. He doesn't have parts and things like that. Like it, oh, okay. it, the old Gateway Electronics, you could go in there and say, okay, I need, I need 100 feet of RG8U and I need uh, three P, uh, PL259s and three UG176 reducers. Bang, they got them. Nowadays, you got to order them online because there's nobody left. There used to be Olive Electronics in St. Louis, Van Sickle Electronics. You can't get anything locally anymore. Matter of fact, I buy stuff uh, and nothing against, you know, once again, if they were local companies, I'd be buying it. Normally, I buy most of my electronic parts from a company called DigiKey or Mauser Electronics. Uh, but once again, they're not here. They're in another city. So anyway, there are certain things. And like, for example, I have an older car that I've tried to buy something far and I cannot find it locally. So I ordered it Sunday on Amazon and on and it says hey next be there it'll be there tomorrow it'll be on Monday so it says you know we'll get a little thing he's going to be delivered between you know four and eight o'clock this evening you get those you know updates you know I'm talking about so yes I'm waiting for it and you know at my place and I get the ding and it says your package was delivered and handed to you or not you know handed personally to whatever you know what I'm saying that that Uh it'd be left the front door so I go, hold on, I'm here. And matter of fact, the funny part of it was when I got the ding, 
I was outside, you know, in my front lawn. And I'm going like, oh, there's no Amazon truck close to me. Uh, I'm here. Nobody handed me anything. You know, what? And I looked at the time, and it said it happened at 625. I had been outside Monday from like 6 o'clock to like 630. And I'm going like, no Amazon truck, no Amazon dude, no nobody handed me anything. What in the world's going on? It sent it to 511. No, 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 no. The address was correct in the whole bit. So I go online and, you know, Amazon, and they've got the most sophisticated system. You know, you can't talk, they do. You can't talk to a person anymore. And so, you know, you know, tell us what your problem is. You know, it's got the voice. Hi, I'm not a, I'm not a robot, even though I sound like a robot. I am a real person. If you don't believe me, just ask me a question. Okay, who's Mickey Mantle? I've never heard of Mickey Mantle. Next thing, what are you calling me about? Okay, so you go like, hey, I had something delivered, blah, blah, blah. So they automatically know who I am by my phone number. So they say, we show that the package was inadvertently marked as delivered when it wasn't. If you don't get it back by Wednesday, we will send you another one. I'm going like, okay, so what's the deal with this? How get, you know, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm not saying bad things about the Amazon guys. Did the guy say, hey, I'm done for the day. I'm just going to mark everything. Deliver, 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 and just take it home, right? <laughs> I got a date tonight. I can't be late. You know, I got to be home in the shower by 6.30, and I got to pick up my girlfriend at 7 o'clock. I can't do the rest of these deliveries. You think that's what happened? I don't know, but it, <laughs> it, it sounds feasible. But So today I have to go back on the thing and say, well, it didn't show up yesterday. You know, and then there's there's the other crazy thing is I have a car that has a weird tire size on it. There is not one place in the city or the county or in the St. Louis metro area where I can find this tire. This is a car that was manufactured about 20 years ago. It has an oddball size on it. And nobody, but nobody, but nobody has this tire. I've tried. Not even on Marketplace? Oh, no, no, no. You mean used? I don't want a used tire. I want a new tire. I've got a used tire. That's my problem. I got a used tire, and there's these little steel things hanging out of it that I shouldn't be hanging oh, out of. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> you know? It's one of those kind of tires that go like, why are these little steel wiggly things? These little steel look like steel threads coming out of my tire. Oh my God, I'm through the tread into the into the steel belts. Oh, I think I need to replace that tire. So I wondered what those were on my car. <laughs> yeah, they're not good. So I have to order one online. Okay. So and once again. I don't want to sound like I'm being Mr. Complainer this morning, but if I order something from a United States Postal Service, I get excellent service from USPS as far as packages. USPS, you postal people, you're knocking it out of the park. Thank you so much. The UPS people, you guys are great. I love you. You're knocking it out of the park. The FedEx people, if it's overnight, it shows up on my doorstep overnight. If it if it's regular ground delivery, Good luck. You know, matter of fact, I'm tracking this tire. It's been bouncing around the country literally for like a week literally. now. And yesterday it was in Champaign, Illinois, and I'm looking at, oh, it made it to Champaign. That should be it should be in St. Louis tomorrow. Well, then there's a thing that's flagged on the tracking and says that says, what was it say? Something about discrepancy noted. I'm going like, oh crap, what is this? And I looked at it last night and it says discrepancy noted. Barcode unreadable, new barcode applied. I'm going like, okay, now that'll end up in Singapore or something like that. You know, they put somebody else's address on there. So supposedly my tire is supposed to show up today by FedEx. But see, the problem there is, I think I, I think if I told you the story before, uh, when I had stuff delivered out to the radio station in Washington, we get stuff, you know, set up. It would be like this happened one time, three days in a row. 
and it, you go in the morning and it said, your, your, your FedEx package is out for delivery. You know, it says out for delivery. And then it never shows up. And then that, that next day it says, it says, we were unable to deliver. We'll deliver again tomorrow. It's one time it happened three days in a row, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It says it's out for delivery. And then the, that night, that night it says it was not delivered. Okay. So Thursday, by sheer coincidence, the guy shows up at the radio station. I'm there. So in other words, it's been out delivery for, you know, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm going to tell this story. This is what the guy told me. If I get in trouble with the FedEx people, this is what the FedEx dude told me. I said to him, how come every day it says it's out for delivery, but yet it never makes it? And the guy looks me straight in the face and he says, you know, we're contractors, right? I go, yeah. He says, my boss tells me that if we don't have a bunch of deliveries for Washington, to just wait till we get a bunch more deliveries. And that way we're not driving out all the way out to Washington to deliver stuff because of the fact that it costs us gas. And if we got one or two deliveries, he loses money. So essentially what you do is you just keep it on the truck. Yeah, we just keep it on the truck. He says, so what happens actually after, after, usually after two or three days, we got enough stuff on the truck to deliver to Washington that it makes it worth our while to come out to Washington. I go, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going like, is that great service or what? <laughs> Your reaction to that? Great service. <laughs> no, seriously. How do you feel about that? At least the guy was honest, you know? Um, I think it, it, it makes good business sense. Yeah, but, but one, I, I, it doesn't to the people who are ordering their stuff and expecting it. It makes good business sense to the guy. See, that's the crazy thing because FedEx has this two-tiered, two-tiered system now. If it's overnight, those guys work for FedEx. Those guys are FedEx employees. If it's if it's like ground or it used to be called home. They don't even call it home anymore. They're just called ground. All those are contractors. If you, and, I, and I've told this story before, and people go, are you sure? I go, next time you see a ground truck, look and look look behind the, the front door on either side of the truck, and you'll see in small letters, it'll say, this truck operated, and it gives a guy's name and an address, and sometimes it'll give a phone number. I said, those are contractors. Those guys bid on the routes from FedEx. They buy their own trucks. They pay for their own gas. They hire their own delivery guys, and those are not FedEx employees. They work for whatever delivery company that is. And they go, are you sure? Positive. And it's funny because I've actually had people say, you know, you're right about that. I saw a FedEx truck came into my door the other day, and I looked out, and sure enough, they had a guy's name on the truck. I go, once again, FedEx doesn't own those trucks. It's like, you're, like you're buying a franchise. You buy a, you know, you're essentially buying a route. I think you can do the same thing with Amazon. I think you can buy a route from Amazon. You know? and, and once again, I get it. They're trying to make a buck. And you drive in a truck that probably gets six miles to the gallon, right? And you don't want to drive, you know, 50 miles out to Washington for my package, which weighs three pounds, and then drive 50 miles back and burn up, you know, what? Nowadays, $100 in gasoline to deliver one stinking package, right? Yes. You're so agreeable this morning. I get these word-worn answers. Shelly? I'm always agreeable, Brad. Am I the most handsome guy in the world? I'm sorry? <laughs> Shelly, what did you say? One word answer. Am I the most handsome guy in the world? Sometimes. <laughs> Shelly, am I the smartest guy in the world? I think you're very. I think you're wicked smart. Yes. Shelly, no. I, you got to give one word answers. You can't. Okay. You can't say blah 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 blah. Shelly, am I the smartest guy in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly, should I marry Poodlehead? Yes. <laughs> Heaven. 
I think it's she, a match made in heaven. I think she's already married, though. Okay. It's 743. Hold on. Say it again. Again. There's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. I agree Whatever with it that. is, he answers no. Whatever it is, he answers no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to live in a van down by the river. Here's what I always feel say. better. Here's what I always say. Can we can we all get along? Can we can we get along? Rodney King had it right. Can we all just get along? Can we all just get along? Okay. I referenced this earlier, and, and once again, I'm a guy who loves going to downtown St. Louis. I'm I have not been to downtown St. Louis for a while. I love downtown St. Louis, and you know me, I'm fairly fearless, right? You know, yes. I, I'm. And there aren't too many places. You know, I'm a guy who drives through East St. Louis. And I get out and talk to people, okay? I have no problem in East St. Louis. I have no problem most places. But downtown's getting a little bit sketchy. I mean, it's getting to the point where it's getting to be... Like, I'm reading this story the other day. Uh, I'm going like, man, this is crazy stuff. Uh, but here's... Let me find this story. I had it here and I lost it. This was our, the mayor of St. Louis where she said... Um, by the way, let me do this one first. This bothered me. I read the story the other day. You ever been to Ted Drews, the one down there on on um, on Chippewa and Jameson? A couple times, yes. Okay, there have been get this since 2017. There have been four of the five crashes involving pedestrians within this section were in front of Ted Drews. There have been numerous people killed in front of Ted Drews. Okay, and just I think it was over the weekend, a uh, 17 year old guy, uh, Matthew Nicolai from, um, I think he went to CBC um, high school, his high school kid, killed right in front of Ted Drews, okay? Why? Looky lose or what? No, what they're saying is that it's a danger intersection. Matter of fact, it talks about here, the nonprofit group Trailnet addressed the key problems when it comes to dangerous driving, inadequate access to core transportation, blah, 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 blah. He said that there, uh, there, there should. He said there should be some kind of a crosswalk there, or something like that. It says, looking at the intersection of Chippewa and Jameson since 2017, four of the five crashes involving pedestrians within this section were in front of Ted Drews. So since 2017, they had they had five crashes there, four of them involving pedestrians hit in front of Ted Drews, and just in May, a 77-year-old man was killed and uh, was struck and killed right out in front of Ted Drews. Now, what's interesting about this is that they talk about the fact that uh, they need to put up, and they say they need to put a, a crosswalk here. But here's the sad part of the story. There's two parts of the story I think were sad. sad. They, they talked about the fact that there, and this was like, you know, if you've ever been to Ted Drew's, there's tons of people lined up outside, outside Ted Drew's, okay? Um, let me find this. I lost the article. And, and there's, a, there's a narrative by one of the people that saw this thing happen. And the sad part of it was, and once again, I'm a former police dispatcher. Ever tell you that I used to be a police dispatcher? I, I didn't know that, but thank you for sharing. Okay. Here's Jessica Langley was visiting St. Louis when her family with her family when she saw the accident happen. Quote, the only thing I'd want to say is the citizens were, uh, when this horrific accident occurred were amazing. 911 never answered and had to call us back. The police took forever to arrive, and apparently a private EMS was the only available to come. It felt like forever to get emergency responders there. But in the time, citizens were administering CPR 
and kept his pulse. They did their best to clear the road and were directing traffic. It was truly remarkable watching all these people work together. So in other words, they dialed 911. I told the story what, a couple weeks ago where I went to the McDonald's one night and all the lights were on, their cars in the parking lot, and there was nobody there. The, the menus were still lit. And I thought to myself, this is not right. You know, wonder if, you know, you know, you hear these stories of, you know, they rob the place and they put everybody back in the in the freezer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I dialed 911. I was in St. Louis County. It rang for 10 minutes. Every it would ring for 10 times. Go, Hi, thanks for calling St. Louis County Police. Don't hang up. Your call is important. We'll be with you right away. And then go back to ringing. And finally, I gave up. And like 15 minutes later, lady called me back. Hi, St. Louis County Police. You know, were you calling? Yeah, I hung up. She goes, why? Okay, so they're saying they dialed 911. Nobody answered. The police took forever to give, get there. And remember, there's a story about they're having problems with the ambulance service in the city of St. Louis again. A private EMS was taken. I mean, why would you want to live in the city? I don't get it. You know, I mean, I don't understand that. And here's the other article about, this is about Trichara Jones. Um, and this is, uh, she's downtown St. Louis, uh, downtown violence, 12-hour shifts, dwindling roster, stressing St. Louis police. And it talks about the Michelle, Mayor Jones stood with Major Renee Creesman during a weekly downtown safety briefing Monday. This was, this was last Monday, I believe. Yes, this is, uh, you know, this is this was just Monday. Okay. Uh, cited a December 2020 study paid for the Regional Business Commission when asked what her plan was to retain and uh, recruit officers. And she said, this is the mayor. She said, quote, the study showed St. Louis actually has enough officers. They just need to deploy them in the right way. And so we have been looking at our deployment strategies along with the Center for Policing Equity to make sure that we can deploy our officers in a smarter way and also make sure that we're deploying our alternative responses. <laughs> What? <laughs> they, they said this year alone, 112 St. Louis City police officers have quit. 112. And they're like... That, that happens a lot in the city. Well, it goes in spurts. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like okay, if you, have, if you have a problem, what do you do? It says... Um, Yo, I'll solve it. Okay, last year alone, 124 officers removed from the Manning table last year, down 140 officers from them, minus another 75 in various forms of long-term sick leave limited duty. Although it may can be safely estimated approximately 300 fewer cops than the department fielded just seven years ago. 340 fewer cops than less than seven years ago. In the city? Come on! They need 3,040 more cops in the city. The city, like, I'm going like... And see, what people don't understand is you say, okay, you, you start doing the math on this, okay? Let's say there's 1,000 police officers in the city of St. Louis, okay? So let's take, let's say 1,000 police officers, and let's take, let's take, uh, I'm going to go to my calculator here. Okay, we'll do some math here, right? I'm terrible at math, so I have to do my calculator, okay? So there's 1,000 police officers in the city of St. Louis. So let's take 365 and divide that by by three, three shifts a day. Get where I'm going with this? Or no, we're going to multiply it. 365 times three, hold on a minute. 365 times three equals 1,095 shifts, okay? okay? 1,095 shifts in a year. Get what I'm going? 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you divide the day into three eight-hour shifts, you get in a year, you get 1,095 shifts, okay? That would yes. mean that if every single police officer worked one shift a day that would be that would you get what I'm going with this no I don't I'm sorry okay there's 
1,095 shifts in, in, in a year. Okay? Right. Okay, that's, let's say there's 1,095 police officers. That would mean every police officer would have to work one shift every single day, seven days a week. Right? Yeah. Did they um, take away the requirement that to work in the city, you need to live in the city? Who knows? I mean, you know. Well, that's a that's a point I mean, of contention. I mean, I'm not even talking about the city. Who would want to be a cop anyway? People shooting at you, people trying to stab you. You know, the, nobody's got your back. You know, the mayor say, oh, we got enough police. We don't need any more police. They're shooting up downtown. They're talking about there's cars with bullet holes. There's office buildings in downtown St. Louis. You know about that, don't you? <laughs> yes, I got a bullet hole in my front window, <laughs> my, my place. <laughs> there's bullet holes in the buildings downtown. There's bullet holes in the cars. Oh, by the way, remind me, I'll talk about this tomorrow. This bizarre story about how they're, they're stealing Kias and Hyundais. You know this story? Yeah, it's, they're called the Kia boys. But but you know why? There's some deficiency in the locking system that they're easy to steal. Yes. I, I'm going like, what? It's, it's a gang down in the city. Yes, they steal Kias and Hyundais. First yes, off. Yes, they do. Mostly who'd, Kias. Who'd want to steal a Kia or a Hyundai? Steal a good car. Well, the Kia boys. Yeah, you gotta, it's a thing. You got to steal a good car. Steal a good car, not a Kia or a Hyundai. You know, steal a BMW or something like that. Something that'll break down on you. Something not reliable like the Kia. Okay, we have to go. We have to say goodbye, Shelly. Goodbye, Shelly. It's Brad, it's been a slice of heaven as quick. usual. Peace and I fly. Seven. Oh, Brad. Quick. Hump day. Seven. Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 For you, I'm going to let the computer grab me. You ready? Okay. Okay. For you, I'm going to screw this breakup. But for you, I'm going to do this are you ready yep stick with me for a minute and 25 seconds do you have another minute and 25 seconds i do have you heard about salt river automotive not only are we open for business and ready to serve you we are sponsors of the bs in the morning show on westplex 107.1 check us out on facebook at salt river automotive llc see you soon